You're listening to Marketing and Mocktails with Manal Sampat, a previously recorded Facebook Live episode inside the group Marketing and Mocktails with Manal, where dental professionals discuss, share, and learn about dental marketing. Manal Sampat is an entrepreneur, speaker, healthcare provider, and enthusiastic shoe lover. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Dentistry IQ, Forbes, the Guinness Book of World Records, and more. Join her as she discusses marketing, team, business growth with other industry experts. And if you'd like to receive 10 ways to improve your marketing today, simply text the word resources to 38470. It's Manal, and you know, this is so cool because when I'm gone, I'm gone. And you guys are like, what? She's gone and you don't see me for weeks. And then all of a sudden I'm back. And there's a live show, live show, live show, live show, live show. So I know we just had a live show happen on Thursday, but I wanted to make sure that we have another live show happening today. And today's guest is somebody super special. Um, you may have seen an article that I shared um, that she wrote. Yes, you know, I shared it yesterday, but she wrote earlier this year for the Dental Entrepreneur Women magazine. And it's incredible what she shared about. You know, I choose my guest in my show. So I know that there was some talk going around saying, you know, show is booked for the year. That was no talk. That was the truth. That was that was reality. Mm -hmm. uh, we were booked for the entire 2019 in January with all the guests. And most of my guests receive an invitation from me to come join on the show because I want to make sure that the people I'm bringing in are not only just, you know, marketing and, and do experts and things like that, but they are authentic and kind and they are disrupting the way the things have been done and they're bringing about change. And Candace is absolutely one of those people. Um, you know, she's breaking boundaries. She has had a journey and the journey has allowed her to push some very boxed items away. And she has decided to share that with us, which I'm so incredibly happy about. And I see that we have some viewers coming in. Wow, we have seven viewers already. Hey, guys. Oh, nice. Hi. Hi. If you're watching, let us know who you are and where you're watching from. Rhonda already says hello. Hey, Rhonda. Thanks for hey, being Rhonda. here. Oh, we have Sue. Hey, Sue. Thanks hey, for being Sue. here. If you're here, make sure to tell us who you are and where you're watching from. And Candace, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Okay, um, well, I'll tell you a little bit about who I am. So I'm Candace Workout, and I'm a hygienist like you are. And I, so currently I teach dental hygiene at a college here locally, but I'm also a licensed professional counselor. And um, I have in the last probably like seven years, I've really gotten interested as a counselor in burnout and clinical burnout. And it actually started with um, some realization about patient fear, patient, mm. patients who have dental anxiety. And through that research, it brought me to realizing as professionals what we take on emotionally when our patients are anxious, which led into all these different roads of burnout and what it means and how multifaceted it is. So um, that's been my journey for the last seven years of sharing with dental professionals about kind of um, kind of consider myself like a mental ergonomics coach in a way, you know, <laughs> like we do all this stuff to take care of our body while we're at work. But what about our minds and our emotions? And I'm a hygienist and I have not practiced in two years because I have my license in the East Coast. So we moved to the West Coast in 2017, and I am not licensed to practice here yet because I have to reapply and 
do everything. I wish I was in Arizona where it's all accepted now, right? And but there's really cool people in Arizona. There are really cool <laughs> people in Arizona. And, um, you know, so that hasn't happened with me yet. But um, when I was working, I was working only a couple of days clinical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was I had so much going on um, otherwise. But I remember being around so many friends who were feeling the burnout, who would, you yes. know, I still, even now, I, I get a lot of people reaching out and saying, how do I get out of, uh, of the op, right? Like how mm -hmm. this burnout is real. And it's kind of, it's kind of sad because if you remember, cause you are a teacher as well, you're an educator yes. yeah. and you educate at, at hygiene school, right? Yes. And uh, I remember being in dental hygiene school. That's tough. Yes. It is very tough. It was harder than grad school for me. It, yes, it was absolutely hard. You have to give up so much of your time. I was, and I decided to work during hygiene school. Oh, girl, yes, that's really. Oh hard. yeah, oh yeah, and just I just remembered, and here's the part on NERB on my NERB exam day. Okay, this was the this was the day after Bin Laden was. Uh, was killed like the night mm -hmm. before bin laden was killed and then it was a day after that i had my okay. nerve and i had a patient for my nerve and if anybody who's a hygienist here knows this it's very hard to find that patient for nerve because there oh, are yes. so many requirements so i had find my patient for nerve everybody had started he didn't show up 15 oh, no. till 15 minutes after oh, mm -mm. i was sitting outside literally making sure that I don't pass out and have a panic attack because I'm like, how am I going to pass two years? How am I going to pass? I don't have my patient. Right. And it was this such a, um, I, I still remember like literally just crouching down outside. And one of my professors was standing with me and she's like, don't worry. I'm sure he's just stuck in traffic. He'll be here. Don't worry. And I'm like, and I'm just, I hope, do you have all the requirements? Because can you be my patient? Can you I, be my patient? <laughs> I just need a patient, you know? And then he did show up 15 minutes later and he didn't realize how big of a deal this was. He just thought it was an appointment. And I'm like, no, dude. No, this is my huge. My license is on this, yes. like, you know? But I remember feeling all that and I remember ready to get out and ready to take over and practice and that excitement. And now it's like 360, we are coming out and we are like, oh, yeah. another day at the clinic. Yes, yes. And I think that's a really hard part for me because I am teaching these young people and they're so excited about this profession and they are all the hard work you're talking about. We, any, all of us who are hygienists in this group yeah. that we know, you know, that experience and how difficult that was and putting just blood, sweat and tears in that. And they're ready to go conquer the world. Like we're going to go save the world from periodontal <sighs> disease, right? Yes. And then if you look in these Facebook groups, there is one Facebook group after another that is about how can I do something different than dental hygiene? How can I not be a dental hygienist anymore? And I was in that place myself. Mm. And it's and now that I'm back in the dental space, it's heartbreaking for me to know that my students that may be experiencing this soon because of all of these things that we experience during our workday that bring us to this place. Um, and I'll share, I can share a little bit about my story on burnout. Yeah, if you like me please. to. So, um, I was just pra I was practicing four days a week, which is a beautiful lifestyle schedule, right? To have that three day weekend, and I started to get that like this little feeling of like I need, I want more, I want more, and I didn't know what that was. But then mm -hmm. what 
started really to plague me was my body. And mm. so it started with my C-spine and then it went into my cervical spine. And I went through this whole series of injections in my neck, different procedures in my neck and my back. And I think from about 2010 to about 2017, I've had about 20 to 23 procedures on my neck and my back. Wow. And so I was just at a place where physically I, I couldn't practice. I was practicing with, you know, those little ice, those little heat patch things that you take yeah. out of the package and you like stick on you. I was using oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I was ibuprofen all day, just trying to get through the day. And it was really, really um, painful and, and a bad place to be. So that's kind of where my journey out of mm -hmm. dental hygiene started, but mm -hmm. becoming a counselor and realizing all of the mental health aspects that are there for us on a day-to-day -day basis, on an emotional, we're, we're dealing with people who are emotional. Um, we have to exude this emotional labor all day long and realizing these levels and levels and layers and layers that um, build up for us over time, that's not just physical. So it's not just about our neck. It's not just about our back. It's about um, all these different layers of emotional and spiritual realities for us. Well, burnout is such a big, it's such a big word. Yes. Because it translates into so much more than just having that emotion of the attachment to your work for not enjoying work, but it translates into your personal life. It translates absolutely. into your mental health, right? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, there's, and the way it translates into your personal life is if you're not, we spend most of our time at work anyway. So think about when we're working in an environment where we're there all day, when we're in mm -hmm. a 40 hour work week, that's more time than you spend with your family more time than you spend at home. And so when you're taking that home, I think it's hard to let it go, be with your family mm. and then translating. And, and for us, you know, Manal, have you noticed how many perfectionists are in, in <laughs> hygiene? <laughs> have you noticed this? Or is it just me? Am I the only one who picks up? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Every no. time I'm speaking to a dental hygiene group of women, I always tell them, like, my worst day would be walking into my, my clinic or, you know, when I was working, uh, I was working in pediatrics and working into my clinic in pediatrics and realizing one of my patients messed up all my gauze or like my gauze were not in the right place yes. or, you know, or like my profi tips where instead of all the blue ones I like were mixed in together. I'm like, who would do that? Who would mix all these tips together? Right. Person, this this not horrible happen. evil person that mixed up my profi angles. Yeah. Like who does that? Right. Like just stuff like that. I'm like, I like my strawberry separate than my mint and my bubble gum. And then I would walk in and it's all in one. And I'm like, uh, but yes, we are from the details, like the small, there must be something about us because come on, the job we do, right? Like yes. we must be, we are obsessive. We are yes, obsessive, compulsive, and mm -hmm. we are just, we are OCDs. That's who we are. Yes. And I think on top of that, the perfectionism piece is, is even deeper than that need. Like I'll walk up to the front at my office and I'll straighten up like the toothpaste, you know, like the toothpaste yeah. that's lined up at the front. I'll let you know, have to make it perfect and all that. But but beyond that is that those expectations that we put on ourselves that we can never, ever, ever live up to. Yeah. You know Why do we do that? Like, Why do we do that to ourselves? I think it starts when we're kids. It, I believe that this is something that 
is part of our, you know, we talk about nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. And I think perfectionism, a lot of that really comes from nurture. And it's about how we're maybe parented or how we experience life growing up. And we bring it into our adulthood with this expectation of ourselves of being perfect. And it, and it really is based in more in doing than being. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. I, do. Like I, I do. I can, I can make myself this perfect person by how much I do, what I do, how well I do it. And it strips from me who I am as a person and that being part, you know, does that make sense? Well, it makes sense. And we actually have your viewers. One person just commented, I know that's exactly where I am headed at this rate. That's Nicole. Oh, Nicole, I'm so sorry that you're feeling so burnt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's, You know, she's a hygienist. And uh, I also have Sue saying the thought of going back to clinical hygiene gives me a full-blown panic attack. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, for imagining and going back to everything that we worked for to get into hygiene school, to go through hygiene school, to survive it, yes. to pass our millions of exams and our boards and our everything else and our... Uh, all of that, and then coming to a point and saying, no. Right, I'm ready to leave. You know, I'm ready to leave. Like how, and I know that you have a really special talent because you are into fitness and you actually mm-hmm. use kettlebell training. Is that right? I do, that, do, I do. To help you with the burnout? I do. So um, kettlebells and barbells. So I'm a, I'm a certified kettlebell and barbell instructor with a group called Strong First. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that has been huge for me. So when I um, when I had all the issues with my neck and my back, I thought that I was never going to be in the gym again. I was a gym rat. I mean, I was like the gym girl. I was there every mm-hmm. night working out. And so I really thought that that was over and that um, I was going to have to step away from that. And a friend introduced me to kettlebells. And I was like, dude, there is no way I'm picking these things up. The doctor says I can't lift anything over my head. And he's like, just give it one, just give it a class, give it a try. And so I did. And it, like, I, I write about this sometimes and I say, I know this sounds dramatic, but kettlebells changed my life. They really did. It gave me a place where I found fitness again. I found strength again, but not only from a physical standpoint, but from a mental and emotional standpoint, because it gave me hope again, that I wasn't going to be sedentary and, and be in that kind of pain forever. So um, I, I love kettlebells and I love teaching it and I want the whole world to love it as much as I do. So I has, I was at the gym this morning with my trainer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were using kettlebells and I had, I thought of you and I was like, Oh, did you? Yes. I was like, Oh, she goes, you know, she brought the kettlebell and we were doing our, um, we we're doing our exercises with it, and she really wants me to get into some of that stuff. And you know, I hate hate working out. I hate it. It's it's a very well known fact. I've talked about it forever. Um, I I will, it will be the last thing. Like I literally, I have to pay somebody to be there so I work out. Like that's mm-hmm. how bad yes. it is. You know, because it's I can work out at home. We have weights at home. There's you know we have all the equipment I need. At home, I even have cardio machines at home. I have everything at home that I need. But I pay a gym membership sure, and then yeah. pay a trainer just yes. so that I can go and work out because that's how much I hate it, that I just won't do it. But, you know, what brought you – well, first of all, what brought your attention to burnout and then dealing it with something like kettlebells? 
Um, I think it's just my whole experience in like the whole the whole experience from beginning to end. In that I was so burnt out, and I mm-hmm. and I wanted out of dentistry so bad. I told somebody at some point like I never want to pick up a scaler again. Mm. I'm that done with it. I never want to pick up a scaler again. And now here I am. Like my friend Emily that I work with jokes and says we couldn't wait to get out of dental hygiene school. And now we come to dental hygiene school every day, right? <laughs> so. Um, I, I like really, really wanted out. And so in that process, that's when I decided to go to grad school and do, and become a counselor. And I went through the 3000 hours of intern and, mm-hmm. um, all of those things and, and, and got my license and, and in that process of figuring out that the, the mental health aspect of what we do every day. So if you think, think about this, not if you take the physical piece off the table for a second, okay. that's a given okay. for all of us, right? We're all going to hurt. Okay. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're not going to like it. I get it. Like, right. Yeah. Well, every day we, and we, we're going to have to do these physical mm-hmm. things to take care of ourselves. But think about from 8 a.m. or to 5 p.m. or whatever your hours are that you do one patient, you're going to do health history, you're going to do blood pressure, mm-hmm. then you're going to do all these assessments, right? You're going to mm-hmm. perio chart, you're mm-hmm. going to do oral x-rays, the radiograph, the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Before and you even shift- start, before you even before start, you even start clinical yeah. Care. yeah. And you're shifting gears from a, in your head, like from an intellectual standpoint of, I know, I need to know pharmacology. I need to know periodontology. I need to do, know all of these assessments. Okay. Now I'm ready to go into my treatment phase, right? Mm-hmm. Now I need to be able to be able to tactile and use my hands and go into the treatment phase all the whole while. Guess what? I have to be, I have to be real dang cute and friendly and smiley, right? Oh yeah. The you better. Time. You better. And, and you know, as soon as you ask, when was the last time you floss? You know the answer to that one coming up. Right. <laughs> and that's the other piece of it, too, is that we're dealing with non-compliant people most of the time. And so we're going from, if we're lucky to get an hour these days, right, per, per appointment, one hour after the next, we're switching gears into all of these assessments and treatments that we do. Mm-hmm. But we're also having to stay shiny and happy. Mm. right and friendly and build these great relationships with patients so they'll come back into our office because I think I think as a hygienist that's our job is to mm-hmm. bring patients back in through great relationships and that's a part of the job I love but eight people a day there's going to be people who are jerks and there's going to people be people who are anxious and I, I mean I was again I was a pediatric dental hygienist yeah and I had half an hour yes. I had half an hour for patients I had 16 patients a day Mm-hmm. And I had everything from peeing oh, and pooping in my lap 16. to screaming and 16 a day to peeing and pooping to screaming and yelling and salivas and I don't want to be here too. I love being here and I love the yes. marshmallow fluoride too, you know, the whole the whole thing. And we did a lot of special needs care. So I had a lot of a um, lot of times where I literally the only thing I would do is just be able to brush. And that was progress and that was exciting because this person had not brushed in months mm-hmm. because they wouldn't let anybody in. So there is definitely uh, the, the assessment part, the clinical part, and then the patient relationship part as well. Because yes. I think our, and you know, for us, and I'm sure for most healthcare providers, um, it, it makes us smile when we see that we accomplished mm-hmm. something where the patient feels, oh, wow, you know, this... I feel better, I, I can do better, or this was great or amazing. So I think sometimes we also need that recognition 
And yes. if you are in a job where you don't get that, or you're continuously fighting, or you're continuously getting non-compliant patients, it kind of brings you down. Right, it does. What well, leaves you feeling inadequate at the end of the day, or um, not useful. You know, I think we yeah. all need that. I think we need that sense of purpose, and we need to feel like what we did today, the, the amount of energy that we pour in to one day's work is so great. And I think we need that. I think we need it to be reciprocated in some way. And I think that's where it falls short is that mm. we leave feeling like we, we gave so much and we did not get enough back. It's not reciprocated. And so I've, I'm learning all the time that um, we're all individually experience those things in different ways, right? Yeah. So I might be more resilient in some ways that, and you might be more resilient in other ways. Mm -hmm. So your mental ergonomics training might be a little bit different than mine because I might need to work on resilience in a different place in my life than you need to work on mental ergonomics. Well, we're and, all and in different parts of our journey. So my biggest issue is I sit all day or mm -hmm. I'm on a plane traveling. And what do you do in a plane? You sit all day. Yes. Like my strategy calls are two hours long and sometimes they are literally eight hours straight and I'm going, 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 going. Um, and I'm sharing my screen and talking where mm -hmm. I am not even, you know, adding movement yes. to, to my life, which is not good for me because I, that means I'm aging, aging myself quickly and that's when my cardio health is not very good. Are um, you, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, extrovert. Yes, I, I right. I mean, right. Like, like unless well, I, unless I don't know. <laughs> well, and for you, that's great because you, for extroverts, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually an introvert, but I'm good at wearing extroverts' clothing. So for extroverts, you feed off, you get energy from those experiences and sharing your screen and talking to people. Mm -hmm. I don't. I get energy from coming home and being quiet and being by myself. Mm -hmm. So those of us who are introverts that wear extroverts clothing nicely and we're in dentistry, I think we even feel more of that drain at the end of the day. And I wonder for you, do you experience, do you, do you feel like when you're going and you're on so many calls in one day, do you experience that just mental fatigue, emotional fatigue at the end of the day from that? Or do you feel pumped up about it? Um, you know what? Usually I am, I am okay. Um, mm -hmm. Usually I am okay. Like I do, I do feel pumped up with it. I, I get energy and excitement because of that. Um, but I, what does get me is if I have it in a couple of days straight in a row, then I just need to call it a night. And uh, that's when I call my team and I'm like, cancel everything. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I need a mental break to, uh, you know, just to calm down and to relax. So I think, like you said, we're all in our different paths and journey. And that was my question to you because I love reading your articles. You are a fantastic oh, writer. Thank you. Thanks. I love writing. Oh, you, yeah, you, yes, you, you're a good writer, but there is a difference between a good writer and a writer that connects, Thank you me. know, and engages because your writing is, is raw. It's authentic. It's not a fluff. It's not a, let me just tell you a feel good thing and, you know, talk about, no, you are like, Hey, this is happening. This is what's going on. This is what I went through. This is what others are going through. And let's, Let's chat about this. Let's open that door. How do you come up with your topics? Well, it's funny because I, I have this list in my phone of topics, but I hardly work off of that list. I, I come up with things like chatting with people. So, for example, the, the article you were talking about earlier mm -hmm. that you posted, mm -hmm. I was at a 
student dinner, mentor dinner, and one of my colleagues, Jen Sweatman, and I were chatting. She's a hygienist, and she was talking about how people have treated her um, being a single mom and telling her how to parent. And so I said, you should hear what people say when you're not a parent. And she said, wait a second, what are you talking about? And so I started telling her some of the things that people say. And she's like, Candace, <laughs> you got to go write about this. You have to go write about this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, you have to write about it. So the next, this happens all the time. The next morning I'm in the shower and when all this stuff pours out of my head, like it's a waterfall. And so normally what happens is I'm either, I'm in the, I always joke and say I'm in the shower, like I'm stimulating my brain and I don't know, something wakes up in there. I'm either in the shower washing my hair or I'm working out. And these ideas just come to me. So I grab my phone and I just start speaking them into my phone. So almost mm. everything I write is a voice to text into my phone. And then I go back and I do my editing and my grammar and all of that. But that's how that one came up was just oh, talking it's, to a friend. It's, it's, and it's so just comes... raw. It's just so raw and it's so organic and natural. And I think that, um, uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, there, it's, it's such a, it's a, uh, it's a topic that is personal. And many people are in a way shameful of, of sharing things like that and sharing that part of their life. Um, and when we do talk with friends and we do discuss these things, it comes out and you don't even realize how many are, how many are going through stuff like this. I mean, yeah. right. And, and the interesting part was because I was, I was researching um, your article. Uh, you know, I was stalking it a little bit. I was uh, <laughs> stalking your article, and what I was I really feel, I feel flattered. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so great, right? And I'm looking at people who are commenting, and responses are coming in. And I would say that so many of them are mothers. Yeah. Right? Isn't that yes. ironic that you were talking about this? You're talking about motherhood, and you're talking, you know, um, people who haven't read the article, it's on my wall. Please go check it out. And, you know, you're talking about the struggle and this expectations. Um, and I thought that this article will connect with people like me who do not have children or who are, you know, in their age where maybe that's not going to happen kind of thing. But yes. people who were commenting were mothers. Yes. And that with was children. A, such a beautiful part of it. And another thing that touched me so deeply was that there were two or three guys that I went to high school with that I have not seen or talked to since we graduated. So 20 something years, they shared it on their personal page and they captioned it like, this is my friend from high school, please read this. And then their friends were commenting on it. And that to me was like, it was so vulnerable for me to put that out there. Even when I wrote it, I sent it to Ann Duffy mm -hmm. and I was like typing, you know, Ann, I don't know if this is something you want because I think it's too much. And, and she called me and she's like, it's not too much I wanted. And, and so I, I had a lot of feelings of vulnerability about the months, upcoming months before it was published. And mm. the day it went live, I thought, what are people going to think of this? And cause it, cause I shared such a, and I keep, I really do keep things close to the vest and I just let a, a few people in. I'm a relator is one of my strengths. So I just let a few people in. And um, I just, the, the response from it was absolutely incredible. And I think it's a, a testament of vulnerability brings people together. You know? Vulnerability and like, yeah, because I think we live in a world where it is, it is so obsessed with perfection. 
you know, yes. you need to have the perfect lips and the perfect hair and the perfect mm -hmm. dress and the way you look and the way you talk and the way you cook and the way you sing and blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. it doesn't help that we go online and we share these glamorous parts of our lives. Sure. Yeah. But we don't share that. So now it's already your own fears and vulnerabilities. And then now you start comparing it to everybody else's glamorous life. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 a, it's a mental health issue. It's a horrifying yes, place, right? Because you're constantly, constantly in this. Um, and, you know, I'm a victim of that too, where I had, I was looking recently um, at, at somebody something and I, I saw it and I, I messaged, I have, we have a group, Facebook group with all my team members and I messaged them and I'm like, check this out. You know, we need to do this or we should add this on and blah, blah, blah. And one of my team members, um, she called me up and she's like, no, you're amazing. Just, just stop. <laughs> you have so much going on. You are incredible. You're doing all these things. You're doing all these things. You don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, but it took another person to tell me that because we are yes. constantly, yes. you know, because we, yes. we, we are constantly comparing. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it becomes a part of that. Uh, I think it becomes a part of a daily life where you do sometimes just have to shut it off, uh, you know, with mental health. And I know that. Oh, I see we're getting some questions. You guys, Aaron and uh, Sue, uh, we're going to we're going to I'll get your question in just a minute. I just want to. Uh, Candice, to finish the thought, you told me before we got started that you are, you know, tell us about the mental illness group. Like, tell us where that's headed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. So um, a group called the Dental Mental Group, which Sue, who is uh, on here with us, she is part of that. Mm -hmm. um, it is a nonprofit organization that is being kicked off and you can see their Facebook page is already live. And the, the purpose of it is to provide resources for people in dentistry that need help with mental health. So mm. that resource may be anything from where do I find a counselor to, and these are things that are coming. This is all very, it's a very, it's very new. So things that are coming are, um, you know, these resources to get help for mental health. So I just say, be on the lookout for that. Um, follow their Facebook page. It's called the Dental Mental Network. Yeah, Sue Jeffries just typed that. She said dental, mental network, okay? Yes, yes, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for conferences. And this is and for like any that. healthcare professional? Dental healthcare professionals. Okay, so any dental healthcare, like but assistants, dentists, hygienists, yes, yes. anybody who is in the dental healthcare who yes. wants to reach out and who wants to discuss and, you know, kind of share all of that stuff, right? Yes, yes. And like I said, it's it's in the works. It's new. And so just, just be on the lookout for upcoming events and things like that. But the Facebook page is great. And I think you'll find some resources there as well. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we have people telling us exactly where to go. Oh, yeah. Sue is saying that the website's launching at Christmas. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, Mariana says, what an amazing idea. It is a, it is an mm -hmm. amazing idea. Yeah. All right. So let me just go through some of the questions we had okay. here. Um, so Nicole, I know you said, I know that's exactly where I'm headed at this rate. you got to tell us a little bit more and tell us what's going on with you. Um, you know, I, we hope that you're not heading towards that burnout. And if you are, uh, Candice, is it, can she message you or can she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I will, I'll give Candice's information later as well. If you just want to have a chat with her and because Candice, you talk on this topic, don't you? This is your, yes. this is your topic, burnout, how to avoid burnout or how to deal with burnout. Tell yes, us a little bit about that. So what I, um, 
go into is mostly the mental health aspects of burnout. And I really dive deep into personal responsibility. And like I was saying earlier that there, you know, it's because it is so multifaceted that we have to find what it is for ourselves that we need to change for ourselves. So just like an example that I use is if I'm going to do a pull up, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I want to pull myself up over the bar. I have to engage all of these muscles in my body to get myself up over the bar. And I think when it comes to our mental well being in the workplace around burnout, we bring so much of ourselves into that. We bring our childhood issues. We bring our, whatever we have going on into the workplace. And I, I really believe it's about starting to hone in on what's my personal responsibility to the culture of this practice. What am I bringing into the doors? And if I'm going to have to use all these physical muscles to pull myself over the bar, why am I not using other muscles? muscles, Why am I not doing the exercises and the work, the really, really hard work I need to do in those mental exercises to get myself through that burnout? Right. So that's, that's really what I speak on. Oh, that's wonderful. And I, and I, Oh, Nicole says full time, (laughs) 30 minutes appointments on all patients. Oh, yeah. So Nicole right now is doing full time. 30 minutes appointments on all patients. So this is definitely something that Candace just said. It's, uh, yeah, please reach out to her. Right, Candace? That's okay for me to say that. Yes, that's okay. Please please do that as well. We have, Sue actually said, um, do you have, Candace, do you have any thyroid issues? So many of us do. Not really. Um, No, I mean, I have a sluggish thyroid, whatever that means. So, but no, not yet. So, but I've been on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that could be, yes, that could definitely be an issue. So actually some of my students did research on that a few years ago related to radiation, mm. but there are a lot of dental professionals with thyroid issues with radiation. Related. Well, I mean, we wear a thyroid collar usually, um, but does everybody, I don't know. Mm-mm. No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, perfect. Erin uh, says, I love my patients because um, she has mm-hmm. clinical and non-clinical together, which is awesome. Um, Mary Ann Dreyer is in the house. Hi, Mary Ann. Says, There's two of my favorite women. My favorite I love ladies. She's awesome. Mary Ann, I can't wait to give you a hug in January when I see you at Jumpstart. Um, I'm so jealous. I have a question. Are you tired, Manal, when you speak for eight hours on four different calls? Does your voice get fatigued? Yes, my voice gets fatigued. Um, I drink tea in the morning and I, I drink a lot of water. I am constantly drinking water. So I think I just keeping myself hydrated helps a lot. Um, and I really do like what I do. <laughs> it just kind of gives me the energy <laughs> to go through it and kind of do it all and collaborate and talk to people. So, but yes, there are times where it does get fatigue if it's an all day thing. Like today I've been on the phone for a, a lot of the day, not not as long as I, I thought, but when I was looking at my schedule, I was like, oh, phone call, phone call, phone call. Oh, phone call, phone call. Oh, phone call. So, um, yeah. But teas, warm teas and lots of water. Um, Nicole, voice to text, nice. I'm going to do that. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's um, nice, yeah. Who has a lot of cool stuff here. Karen says, I feel like most hygienists have the perfect daughter syndrome. Oh. Ooh, what is that, Miss Karen? Karen, we need to talk. Karen's an old friend of mine. Oh. time, Yeah. Karen, you got to definitely tell us a little bit about what is the perfect daughter syndrome. That's hmm. very interesting. Yes, it is. Um, and Nicole is also saying that she feels totally burned out. So, Nicole, all right, we gotta we got to get yeah, you out I of think, here. I think Nicole and I need to talk. Yes, I definitely think so. I definitely think to do that. And how would somebody get in touch with you, Candice? Um, 
Facebook uh, Messenger would be a great way. So Candace Swarthout is my personal page. And then my business page is Inspired Education and Wellness. Yes, Inspired Education and Wellness. Inspired, I'm going to put it down here, Education and Wellness for Facebook. Uh, that's her business page. And then her personal page is also her name, Candace Swarthout. And you can reach out to her. And she also yes. has a website. Candace, what's, your, what's the website? It's inspirededucationwellness.com or candiceworthout.com. Right. So either way, it's like that too. And, you know, it's something where I think um, both of you should definitely talk about it and see what, what to do. And do you see this becoming very prevalent in our industry? Oh, absolutely. I see it getting worse and worse all the time. And, and I really see it a lot on social media because if I don't know if you get in a lot of the groups and read what people are saying, but there are a lot of people yeah. that are very, very disheartened by by dentistry and wanting out of it. So I think it's a grow, very much a growing problem in dentistry. And I also don't think it, it doesn't help that there is so much competition. Oh, yes. And that everything is. is a race to the bottom line. And uh, somehow everything comes into how much can you, how much can you actually do in 45 minutes? Right, let's have exactly. you Let's have you do all of this. That's actually your work. And then on top of this, all these other things. Yes, right. and I think that's part of the feeling and effective piece of it. Marianne, actually, Marianne and Dreyer and I had to talk about this not that long ago, is that when we're, we're, put in the, we're in this situation where we're doing all these things in an hour, and like you're saying, that, that's being bumped to 45 minutes. Somebody said 30 minutes on here. Yeah, that was, uh, that was actually Nicole. That was Nicole, right? So how effective does Nicole feel in, with each of her patients at the end of the day? She might maybe, I think I would feel like I was just half-assing it with my patients and that and I don't think that's the way any of us came into this profession to feel I don't think we came into this profession to feel like we're doing halfway work for our patients halfway treatment for our patients absolutely not I was just talking to somebody because I posted something in on my page today and I was getting some information from people and you know what do you want to change in the marketing in 2020 and uh, you know I, I was commenting and I said something and I said for some how somewhere along the way we have all decided or the society decided that doing more must mean being more successful yeah but that was never the case we were never successful for doing more we were successful for doing better mm -hmm. you know there is a difference yes. with want doing more and doing better and i think we are all stuck in this idea of doing more but from a right. you know from a marketing perspective a strategist perspective when i look at some of these businesses numbers and they're seeing all these patients, I had one, one location practice that was seeing over 100 new patients one month, okay? Wow. And they called me, and I said, well, why do you need me? <laughs> you are, you're right, one right. location. <laughs> you're like, what's the problem? What's, you're seeing 100 new patients. And they're like, we just, our production's not going up. And then when I started looking at their reports, and I said, well, of, of, of course it's not. Half of your patients are not showing up. Yeah. So they're coming in. And then we had to go in and say, why are they not showing up? Right. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we think that doing more means that we must be being more successful. Yes. But that's never the case. That patient that did not probably feel valued or probably did not feel like you exactly. took the time, mm -hmm. um, you know, to provide the care is not going to come back. I won't go back. No. no. And I have because, many choices. So why would I come back? Right. Because if we're doing all of those things I was talking about earlier and the time gets cut, some of those things are going to get cut. It's either going to be one of the assessments or it's going to be part of their cleaning or it's going to be my smile, right? It's going to be my right. attitude that gets cut. Something is going to have to change to make that. And happen. always there is always a late patient 
who shows mm-hmm. up late and there's mm-hmm. always a no-show patient and you yeah. know there is always this so it's not just a clinical part of things that we have to deal with we have to deal with more and i actually have um dr mariana saying is it me or every single one of us is having a hair loss problem <laughs> because of yes, our stress yeah. <laughs> i i was for a long time absolutely i really that. yes well, uh, thank you, Candice, so much for being here. See, this is what happens every time I start a show. We always go over 30 minutes, and then my team has to remind me that uh, we have to stay under because we need to put this on Instagram, and we have a time limit on stuff. So uh, here's what we'll do, guys. Oh, Erin, thank you so much. She says, treat your patient as you want to be treated, and the numbers will not be there uh, each month. That's I love that. Yes. Absolutely, yes. and the numbers will be there each month. Absolutely. It's, and you always have the people who are going to come back are going to come back because they feel valued. But if we don't provide that value, then we feel burnt out, they feel burnt out, business feels burnt out, and just, it's a horrible system. It is a horrible cycle. Keeps going round and round and round and round and round. And so Candice, I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, thanks for having me. Of course, you were a fantastic guest. Everybody who commented, we will comment back. We have like 30 comments. Everybody who commented. We will comment back. Remember that the show is going to be here on my wall. It's also going to be on the website. It's going to be translated into a podcast. And uh, if you, like I said, feel follow to, um, oh, I still have people. Oh, <laughs> I still have people commenting. Yes, guys, we love it. Um, oh, thank you. Everybody's saying they love the show and great job, ladies. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest thank of your you. Monday night. And thank you so thank much, you. guys. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you, everybody.